morning, everybody. Welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. I have a special guest today. His name is Chris Fabish. He comes from New Jersey, that East Coast state. Um, he is in education, same as me. He's been in education for 19 years and a guidance counselor at his current school for the past 13 years. He is married and has three beautiful children. Chris, uh, you are a great man, not only for being an educator, <laughs> but but for just the, the man of faith that you are and, and the, the father figure that you are in your family. So let's go ahead and uh, have you just tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and what you currently are doing in this world. Sure. Thanks, John, for having me. Um, as you said, I've been... Uh, in, in education for almost 20 years, it, it is a tough time for education. Mm -hmm. um, definitely uh, having a having a, a, a faith is helpful, um, you know, and just getting getting through the day sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm a high school guidance counselor uh, currently. I started out as a as a history teacher, um, and uh, you know, father father of three. I've got three uh, amazing boys and an amazing wife um, of 15 years. Um, my kids are uh, 11, 9, and 6. Uh, you and I were joking about how our kids are, you've got one more than me, um, but, but identical in ages. And um, yeah, so we, there's a lot, of, a lot of similarities between you and I and just in, in terms of, uh, st you know, stations of life and, um, and uh, you know, obviously career. And I think that's part of what drew me to you. Um, you know, I was, I guess I was first introduced to you through, uh, uh, Instagram live that you did with Jeff Forrester. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of what got me connected to you and been following on, on, uh, Instagram. And, you know, we've been connected through, uh, you know, things like, you know, 40 days of deliverance and, uh, yeah, you know, it's been, uh, you know, a wild ride. Yeah, it, it really has. And when you said the history teacher, it's crazy that I also, I majored in history. <laughs> Man, there's too many similarities. Too many. So, Chris is a, a year older than me and, and wiser. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh, he is. Don't worry. <laughs> so, the reason why he's on today is he's he is part of 40 Days of Deliverance, a program that I started back in July. And we had a meeting last night to talk about the role that they have, those who are mentors to the new 40 Days of Deliverance members. And... The big thing that Chris exemplifies in, in his life is just being authentic. He is a genuine man who is striving to become a better individual for his family and his school and society. And we have, like he said, we have many just similar characteristics of our life. Our, I cannot believe our children are the same age too. <laughs> 11, 9, and 6. I'm like, wait a minute. I think that's the same age as my kids. And it is, yeah. except for I got my little guy, Elijah, who's, who's three and a half. So, <laughs> our right. oldest name is Elijah. Yeah. Oh, really? really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Yep. So, Chris... We talked about where you currently are doing, yep. but let's talk about kind of your past. Let's sure. talk about not that it's bad; it's all it's all good. You're raising a great family. Mm -hmm. um, just how many brothers you have, 
you were obviously raised, you said, in New Jersey. And kind of just mm-hmm. talk about how you were formed as a child. Let's put it yeah. that way. So Absolutely. So, yeah, I was born and raised in, in New Jersey. I've been living, you know, in the same general area uh, my entire life. And I'm about 20 minutes outside of New York City. And, um, you know, I g- grew up, I've got two older brothers. Um, they are uh, eight and six years older than I am. So um, I like to say that I was the oops baby. Um, no, but, you weren't. Uh, you weren't. I do have a, <laughs> that's funny. You said eight, eight and six, but I have a sister who's uh, or eight years younger than me. So again, okay. numbers play another part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was uh, growing up at certain points that almost felt like I was more of, more of the only child, you know, not, not in a bad way, but just that, you know, when they were the only time I was ever in school with any of them or with both of them was when I was in kindergarten and they were in sixth and eighth grade. Um, because, uh, just the age difference. Were, yeah, exactly. And, um, and then uh, after that, you know, once they went off to, to kind of high school, they were off doing, doing their own thing. And, and I would do, you know, things to be a part of, of, you know, the activities. I was the water boy for, you know, uh, my brother's high school football team. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was always, was always a part of what was going on. Um, but, but then I had my own stuff too. And so there was a, you know, feeling a, a little bit of, of just kind of that, that only child's feel cause they were a little bit older. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, that was all good. It wasn't really until college when I really got connected with my older brothers in a, you know, in, in kind of a, a friendship way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we, I grew up Catholic, um, you know, and so I, I, you received uh, all your sacraments. That's what you're saying. Correct. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I, uh, you know, my, my, my dad had a big influence in, in my faith, um, not that my mom didn't, but just that my dad, he was just like a, I don't know how to describe him. Just he was a really gentle man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that had a, a hu- has a huge impact on me um, as a father now. Um, because, you know, I, I, I literally can't remember a time when he yelled at me. You know, like it was, I, I literally can't. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I lose my cool sometimes as a, as a dad. And, um, but I, but I try to, um, embrace his calmness, you know? And so there was, there was a lot that, um, there was a lot of, of growing up, just a lot of, um, you know, really great interactions with him. We would, he and I would spend a lot of time together. Um, you know, he'd, he'd come to, you know, all my football games at, all my track meets, like he was super involved. Yeah. Um, and even to the point, like even in my, my brother's lives, like, so when, when he was playing high school football and I was the water boy, my dad was the announcer. Oh, wow. Um, and then when he went off to college, he came and did the announcing, uh, for my football team when I was in high school. Uh, and then he, d- he did all that when we were growing up too. And like, you know, peewee leagues. Uh, and then my brother started coaching college football um, at Monmouth University, which is about an hour south of here mm-hmm. where we live. And um, he started doing the announcing at his college games where he was coaching. Like he just he just loved being super involved. Hmm. Um, and I think that's part of where I would see his his faith be lived out. And um, it was a tremendous example for me. 
And uh, so, you know, so there, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's just, he, he had a huge, huge impact on just on my life in general, you know, just my, my faith, my, uh, how I try to live my life as a, as a man, um, and, and as a dad and, you know, just to, just to be out there in the world. Sounds like a, sounds similar to my father. You know, my dad coached me, uh, did not do an announcing for any team, but it just seems like your dad was just, he was involved because he cared, right? Yeah. He just loved to be around his boys and seeing them prosper as young men to become men. And yep. I think they, I think this conversation today, to be honest, I think is how to become a great father. That's really what I want to talk about. Your the part of this podcast is you know family and, and faith, and I think both of those, like you said about your father, they both play a pivotal role in how we view ourselves. It kind of because we always I won't say judge, but we always contrast and see what we what other men are doing who are fathers. Yeah. And what are they doing right? What's working for them? And how can I become a better father? And likewise, Chris, you know, my my upbringing was Catholic faith, still is, but mm-hmm. but having, I'd say, influential parents who guided us in similar ways set a foundation for us to have, I think, just a rock-solid base for our families. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, talk right. about yeah, talk about now the faith, your faith, and how uh, how that played an important part of your growing up and into college and, and past. Yeah. So I, I would say for when I was kind uh, of in high school through through college, my faith was probably. Uh, very much on the surface. I think it's probably pretty typical of what you might hear from a lot of, you know, uh, adolescents and, you know, and, and in your twenties, um, everything was kind of on the surface and, you know, I would, I'd go to church every, every Sunday and there was probably a period of time where I, where I was, where I was skipping in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, really it was when I started dating my wife that, um, it started to get a little more serious, um, you know, and, and I, I credit her a lot with, um, with influencing my faith and growth, uh, of my faith and you're getting really, Close. you know, making it more about, um, my relationship with Jesus as opposed to, um, you know, kind of just, uh, the, you know, the, the genie in a bottle kind of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, calling on him when I needed him as opposed to, um, you know, really, you know, living out a life that is reflective of him. And, um, you know, it was, it was when we started dating that it started to, I really started to take it more seriously. And, um, yeah, and that's where, you know, so we, we would start, we started going to, to church together as we were dating and, um, she started bringing me to her church, which was, um, more of a non-denominational church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's funny um, you know, I wasn't much of a, I'm still not a very good singer. Um, but <laughs> Neither am I. we, we, <laughs> we went to her church for the first time and, you know, it's very different than a, than a Catholic church a full band up front. And, um, you know, I kind of leaned over and whispered to him, like, 
I'm not singing. <laughs> yeah. She, the person sitting in front of us, you know, turned around and gave me a little bit of the stink eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different. I'm, I'm singing loud and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of the people in front of me. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it's been, yeah, I guess at this point now, you know, 20 years of, of us dating, um, you know, it's been uh, just a, you know, a tremendous growth and has brought me to people like you, people like Jeff Forrester and countless other people, um, you know, here in my own church community, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been a part of different men's groups, um, discipleship groups through church. And we've been a part of the same church now for almost 14 years, um, which has been, you know, we, we basically have, have watched it grow from this small room to now, um, you know, I don't know. I guess that by by New Jersey standards, it's probably a mega church. You know, with yeah. a couple thousand people that walk through the doors. Um, you know, not in a single service, but over the course of three or four services. Um, you know, that that's a lot in our yeah. area. Uh, so tell me just a little recap. So you grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. and then you said, like most most kids during high school, mostly college, they just they fall off, let's say, in their in their faith or tradition or relationship with with Christ, and I think a lot, it had a lot has to do just independence. You're finding out who you are. So, you were fortunate enough to find your wife in college, yeah. correct? And because of her strong faith and relationship that she had with Christ, you saw that something different than what you had before in the past. Is that correct in saying? One hundred percent. Okay, so that was something that you both you were drawn to her as she was drawn to Christ, and then you started going to church with her, and then you decided as a couple that you know what we're going to attend this church and have our strong relationship with Christ every day, not just Sunday, right? And and move forward in raising our children like that. I'm just curious, yeah. how are your, since both of your parents are Catholic, how were, how did they take that? Oh, it, it wasn't, wasn't an issue. Okay. Cause, um, cause my family's, I mean, we're all Roman Catholic, um, just members and it would be, I think it would, it would, stri- it would strike them differently if I mm-hmm. went to another church. Um, and I think it's great that you do because as we have our conversations before, it's not. I call. I call church the meeting. Correct. Ch- church is the meeting on Sunday that you have with your family and with God. But what are you doing in between the meeting to communicate with the Father? Are you just waiting till the next meeting? Are you right. even going to the meeting? And church has reverence, which I think is very important. And I know all churches are different, and I'm not here to mm-hmm. go down that path. But I'm, what right, I'm trying to right. say to everybody is. It's important to go to the meeting, but the most important thing to do on a daily basis is to get to know your father, get to know his son and the Holy Spirit. And once you know the Trinity in a more intimate way, I believe that you become a better disciple for him in sharing the good news and being the light in this world. Would you agree with that, Chris? Absolutely. You know, we we like to say... Um, in our church that 
we've got the church gathered and then there's the church scattered. Yeah. And hmm. it's the church scattered that that has that should in in you know in all rights that should have the most impact. Mhm. Um you know that let's just say and it's it it's it's exactly what you're saying in in different terms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um you know, being part of, we call them community groups, but, you know, Bible studies or small groups, you know, people call them different things in different, in different communities. Um, but coming together in smaller groups and then, and then even inside of that, having, you know, friendships develop inside of, inside of those groups, you know, that yeah. continually get tighter and tighter. And then that's, you know, all good, but it's, it's, it's insulated at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's still all part of the same church community mm-hmm. um but there's there's got to be that that step out in some way you know and that's where that's where i struggle um you know i've got a, a good friend that um that's his, his gift you know and i and i love being around his name his name's phil mm-hmm. um and he's got this tremendous gift that when he sees a stranger like literally a stranger that shows up at church like he's he knows that I don't think that guy's been here before and he'll walk over there and he say, Hey, it's your first time here. Like, you know, do you know Jesus? Like he just like has this gift and, um, it's so amazing to, to watch, you know, that's something that I have a hard time with personally. Um, but you know, I, I think that that's really where, like he really lives out that whole idea of, of, you know, yeah, church is just the gathering on Sunday. That's, and it's important. But that's that's not it. Yeah, you know, there's there's so much more to it. You know, and that's the, you know, it's, yeah. The body of Christ would never grow if it was just a Sunday or Wednesday thing, right? Right. It would never grow. And what the reason why you join forty days, and we're going to go and we'll move into here this into why you were drawn to you know the Instagram live with Jeff and the Mighty Warrior yeah. Council, but. It's because we embrace each other as men, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to sharpen our blade, just like in Proverbs 22. Just like, you know, as iron sharpens iron, a man will sharpen another. Mm -hmm. And there's so so much truth to that. And the reason why there is, is because we don't want to be average Christians. We truly want to have an impact and how we live out our life justly and righteously from the eyes of the Father. And that's really, and I think same to you, is our why. Like, we don't want to just be lukewarm Christian men, right? Right. Yeah. We want to be bold. We want to be able to do a better job of living out our Christianity and, and our profession in showing others how to love, how to have compassion, and, and how to do the things, how to imitate, really, the way Christ did while he was on earth. And it's not easy. It's not. Yeah. But but it's a, it's a duty that I think you and I both embrace, and we're trying to get better at it. And that's why we are surrounding ourselves with, with better men yeah. and, and making well, and sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, you, and you've got to get, at some point, you've got to get uncomfortable, you know, and, and, and branch out. And, and that's part of what drew me to 40 days in the first place, um, because it was a, a concentrated plan and it was with 
mo- people mostly that that I did not know. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, but from from all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. I know you're in in the Cleveland area, mm-hmm. so there's a good chunk of people from there. But I mean, there's people from the South, people from, uh, you know, from all over the country, really. And and it was an amazing opportunity to get to know some some unbelievable people. Yeah. Um, and just to listen to their stories, and you know, by extension of of the forty days program, to follow them on Instagram, and and just to get to hear their their stories of of faith, and uh, it it challenges you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, you know, I was in it for the 40 days, but it's been, it's been so much more. Yeah. And that's part of why I, I, when you sent a message out, you know, if anybody wanted to come back, um, and, and help out, I was, I jumped right on that because it was a, it's another opportunity to challenge myself in a way that, you know, will, will help me grow while helping someone else grow. That's and it. that's, you know, that's something that I, I need to step into mm-hmm. and um you know so so there was it was a no-brainer when i saw that that you wanted some people to to help out in this second round well 40 days is again this was as i said in that instagram live with jeff back in, in may or june was created or birthed from i'm going to be honest the holy spirit because I, I had a vision that was so clear and mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand it more now going through it the second time that it is exactly what you're saying. It's for us to be uncomfortable. Just like Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. That was probably the most uncomfortable thing he had to do besides going to Calgary on the cross. Yeah. Because he was alone. I mean, he had the Father with him for prayer. But could you imagine calling down angels at any time to give you food or water? But you right. could, but you couldn't. No, he wouldn't because he knew. You know how hard that would be. And for us, we live in a day and age where we just walk maybe ten to fifteen feet from our couch, and we could be have food, drinks, whatever we need mm-hmm. for our flesh. But to deny the flesh is really when you start being uncomfortable and start start understanding what's this life really all about in this this mud pie that we live in right right it's is it just that and i think a lot of people are so comfortable they don't even realize it they don't yeah. even realize that they're living a, a day on and you know day in day out of just going through the motions and not really seeking uncomfortable situations or environments to help them grow and you said it perfectly this puts you in a situation where you have to challenge yourself, not only of the 40 days of doing those deliberate actions, but also reaching out to somebody, you know, encouraging somebody and getting outside your comfort zone that way. So tell me just a little bit more about your first, your first time around experience and what you learned about yourself. Yeah, it it was, it was definitely a challenge. I'd never done an extended fast before. Um, I've done intermittent fasting, um, you know, where you have, you know, uh, you know, I guess I was doing a 16, eight, mm-hmm. um, read fast for 16 hours and then eat for eight and so on and so forth. But I've never done an extended fast. And, uh, so to do a 40 hour fast was, um, it was a challenge, but it was, uh, 
but it was good. And, you know, it was nice to have the support of my, you know, of my family Yeah. in that, you know, that, that it wasn't, you know, they weren't like, you know, fla- flaunting their meals <laughs> in front of me or anything like that. Um, but it was, a, it was definitely a challenge and, and there was things still had to get done. So I couldn't, I couldn't just sit around and be like, all right, well, I'm just going to go hole up and, mm-hmm. and, you know, don't bother me for 40 hours. I had to go and I, you know, I remember distinctly, I was out in the yard, you know, digging a trench to, you know, to, to fix a garden path, you know? Oh, and wow. so, um, and then, and as you said, it was in July and it's pretty hot here in mm-hmm. July. Yeah. So I was, you know, just pounding water like crazy. Um, you know, just to, just, number one, just to stay hydrated, but I, but just to, you know, just to get through it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that part physically was, was a challenge. And, um, but you really had to, like, you can't get through that without some sort of prayer. I, I feel like, you know, you can't, it's, you, it's, you can't rely on your own strength no, in that. No, you can't. Um, so it was, it, it kind of forces you. Uh, in a in a you know in a healthy way to rely on the strength outside of you um you know from from jesus and yeah. uh you know so it was that was a great experience to to kick it off and for for me it was the challenge was <clears throat> as you as we've already talked about being in education summer is my time off and so that's like my inconsistent time mm-hmm. you know where there's you know, there's ups and downs, or we could go away for the weekend, or we actually went on vacation during the uh, during the forty the forty days. Yeah, and uh, and that was the challenge because my cat my schedule was totally off, and um, you know, it it made it tough to keep up with certain things. You know, in terms of um, you know some of the you know it was not 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 drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on mm-hmm. vacation out to out to dinner, so I I would have a beer a couple of times, but, yeah. you know, um, just to, you know, nothing, nothing wild or anything like that. But there were little things, you know, where I would, I would look at it and be like, ah, I, I should have, I should have stuck with it. You know, it was, was it worth it kind of thing. Um, and so I'm, I, I am looking forward to this time being that it's, it's in January and, you know, in the heart of the school year where my schedule is way more consistent. Um, you know, just in terms of life to see how that, how that changes. Yeah. Um, And I agree because we were as both educators in the summer, I found myself, I could not wake up at the same time. Right. I just couldn't. It was a, it wasn't, that's an excuse by the way, but it was very difficult for me to wake up at four 30 or five every day. Right. And, And that was a challenge because you knew, uh, you go to bed later, everything's off. So I'm looking forward to this January as well. And the reason why it was put in my heart to do it twice a year mm-hmm. was this is not a, a New Year's resolution. That's the last thing I would ever say this would right. be, is this program is meant to have literally a transformation in your life where not that you become a new person, it's that you become the person that you were meant to be. There's a difference. And I don't think a lot of us actually believe that we can do great things to the amount that we can ever even fathom. And last night when I was talking about the BHAGs is creating goals that you know God needs to be a part of them, where you know there's no way on your own you could do them. And that's the beauty of, of doing this program now again is there's this new element 
of lifetime goals that you would like to do because life is so short. And, you know, now that we're 40, I'm, I'm almost there. Yeah, <laughs> I will be in I'm, a couple. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, like, now you start reflecting on your life. So yeah. men out there who, who need to hear this is, you know, you're, if you're a middle-aged man and you started to, you start thinking to yourself, like, what the heck have I done in my life for whether it's for yourself or for someone else. And I always talk about the rocking chair moment. So let's say let's fast forward 30, 40 years, Chris, and you're in a rocking chair and just sitting there with your grandchildren, God willing. And what stories are you going to tell them? Oh, I had this nine to five job and I was a good teacher or counselor. And was that it, grandpa? Yeah, I was a good man. Well, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But is that the life God wanted you to have? Right. Didn't God, well, you, right? Go ahead. Yeah, you, you, you can't retire from your faith. You know, there's no, you know, people talk, you know, you work, 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 work to retire. And I, I don't know about you in, in your school. I've, it's, it's the saddest thing when someone retires and then passes away so quickly yeah. afterwards, almost because they had nothing else going for them. Mm -hmm. And it really is heartbreaking. It just happened to, to a woman that, that I worked with for, uh, she retired maybe three years ago, two, two, three years ago. She passed away this past spring. And, you know, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking because she had worked for, in our school, she had been there for 40, over 40 years. I don't remember the exact number. But it was definitely over 40 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it is almost as if the body is so used to that. Mm -hmm. and, the, and then if you don't have something else outside of that, and I, I think faith has a lot to do with it. I would agree. That you, your, your body, it doesn't, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you mentally struggle there in in you know in earthly retirement but you, you you don't retire from from your faith and so if that can be and again i'm i'm preaching to myself if that can be your your primary focus and your career comes second mm -hmm. or you know i mean just is below that i should say not second um but it can come below that then when your career is done or your career changes or your career I, you know, God forbid it gets taken from you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't crush you because you're focused on something bigger than that. And, um, you know, I, I, it, you know, you talk about setting big goals, you know, it's, you know, if you, sh that, that's what I love about groups like this groups, like the mighty warrior council. Is yeah. There's a level of accountability that when you share those things, um, you, you're almost, <laughs> you kind of have to go through with it now. Because mm -hmm. you've got all these other guys that that are, and and girls that are, they're stepping into that too, and it's encouraging when you see someone else, you know, meet meet their goal or take a step of faith, you know, and then you get there, and you know, what does God say when you when you when you land after taking a step of faith? He he turns and he goes, take another step. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't say, uh, great, pat you on the head and say, you know, great job. He says, take another one. You know, and and it's hard to do that on your own. So, um, or at least with the same people all the time. You know, it's good to have new people to to step out with, um, because everybody's got life experience and faith experience that they can share, and 
you know, that's what that's what I'm finding with groups like this and groups like the Mighty Warrior Council mm -hmm. that it's it's an opportunity to meet new people uh, from around the country. And, I, you know, I, I was talking about it with someone the other day, like if if I if COVID is is terrible, mm -hmm. like it's a, it's and I'm not trying not trying to go down that road, but I bring it up only to say that um, if it didn't happen, like, I don't think groups like Mighty Warrior Council might have happened yeah. where I'd be able to connect with people over Zoom every other week and and have those types of interactions. I, I just don't think it would have been birthed, at least not in the same way. Um, I'd agree with that because I think, you know, Chris, I think exactly what you're saying is when 2020 happened, for me, it was my greatest growth year of my life. And what Zoom did for us was either you hated it so much as an educator because it was hard. It was hard. It was. It was not easy. We learned, we adapted, and mm -hmm. we grew. But from a growth standpoint, as a man, in doing the Muddy Warrior Council and 40 Days of Deliverance, Zoom allowed us an opportunity to connect now globally, yeah. right? And yep. I never would have been able to even think about that being a possibility if COVID didn't happen. Right. Never would have happened. So sometimes what's meant for evil could also be meant for good. Absolutely. And I think we've been blessed to have the right vision of looking at the positives and not the negatives during a crisis that we are still ongoing. And the yeah. one thing you said, Chris, that really stood out to me was it's really, if you don't have a mission in life, you die. And like you said about the lady at your work of 40 years and then she passed away shortly after. See, what happens is your soul is tied to your actions. So if your body and your mind are all gone away side and say, you know what, I've, I've done my mission in life, I'm done, I don't know what to do then it's when you perish. So yeah. we always have to be on attack of what is our mission? Like we have to push each other. And that's, we go back to, like I said, sharpening each other's blade. We need, there's a never ending battle against Satan, never ending until Christ comes back. So we need to be on the pursuit of sharpening other men and women with our faith to build them up so that they can be on mission. And the mission really is, at the end of the day, is that we, we do the good Lord's work in a positive way. And we are extending the body of Christ throughout uh, the area or circle of friends and family that we have. That's a huge mission to untake that people don't really realize. They take it for granted. And we can't yeah. take it for granted. We have to literally be battle ready every day and that begins with prayer first thing you get up in the morning because it, there's no better joy that satan has than to knock a good christian man or woman off their block and and make them have non-belief of their actions right that's yeah the, i'd agree right I, absolutely that and and to have a good person you know a quote-unquote good person without a faith who does 
you know, who, who, who does good things, but does not know how to give glory to God. You know, I think that's, I think that's another thing that, that Satan can use Yeah. because it, it, you know, it, you know, it can, it can show the world that you don't, you can do good things without, without, without the, without the Lord. Yeah. You know, when in reality, that's, you know, you, ca- you kind of can't, you know, and, and that's, that's where I come from, you know, where I'm trying to come from, mm-hmm. you know, is, is to, um, you know, is to build that foundation of faith that, you know, we're coming off the, the Christmas season, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's a, you know, a cliche, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, that's all well and good as a, as a cliche. It's and it's true, but at the same time, take, take away the season part. Like Jesus is just the reason he is. And, and that should be how we live our, live our lives in, in everything. You know, yeah. you were, you had made a post on Instagram, you know, just about some of the struggles mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in recent uh, days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it, it made me think about that. And, you know, just the, the idea that, you know, here we are in, in this season of, of celebrating Christ's birth and, um, and that, and we should be celebrating that, but, but we should celebrate that almost every day. Yeah. You know, it's not, it shouldn't just be this, this season. It should be something that is on our hearts, um, each day, because without that we're, we'll break down, you know, the, 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 the stress of, you know, of, quarantine the stress mm-hmm. of you know uh, how uh, who's going to stay home if our kids get sick who's going to do this or that who's going to you know it's real it is real and and without without faith knowing that um god's in control i i, I don't remember where i heard uh, it might have been one of even jeff forrester's posts or someone that he reposted that you know god i don't need to know what your plan is but i know i can trust you yeah and and if we can come from a perspective like that, <clears throat> we'll, we're 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 going to be okay. Yeah, he's going to take care of us. Um, and that's so hard. It's so hard to do, but but it is where we need to come from. And if you don't have <clears throat> support around you in that, that that's when it gets really hard. And I think that's when people. Um, I guess the fr- the the phrase now would be d- to deconstruct their faith. Yeah, you know, and and you should reevaluate where you are. Um, but you know, I think that's what a lot of people are doing now is they're kind of deconstructing their faith and abandoning it. And then and and that's sad. That's that's hard because you know there's <clears throat> there's, there's a lot to be a lot to live for. Yeah, and I think Chris that that deconstruction of faith goes where i always believe that the devil puts a doubt in your brain why god's never done anything good for you in your life and everything's bad and that's because whether you want to say he for that for the person the devil whispering in their ear you know god's not there for you basically it never yeah. has been and that's a that's a flat-out lie it is yeah. and what we need to teach people and I think it's great as educators, but also now being in these groups, is that when you're around people who have strong faith and have been through storms, right? You learn. You learn from oh, them. Yeah. It's not just, guess what? Everyone either has gone through some storm in their life 
or is going to go through a storm, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And what you do to react to that in, in that manner is how you really learn how to live your life the right way. But the most important thing in the storm is putting Jesus at the center. And when right. you do that, you understand that there's this relationship that, Lord, you're the bridge. You're the bridge to continue on this earth, and you will be when we when I go to paradise with you. You're always the bridge. And not a lot of people realize that, and that's yeah. why they lose their faith. But the, I think the reason why Jesus showed us so well with the disciples is you need people around you to build you up during your I mean, all the time, not just once in a while, every single day. Yep. And I think that's what I have learned is once you surround yourself with solid individuals who are God-fearing people, then guess what happens? You start to become stronger. And you're... Absolutely. That's And that's why I'm so appreciative of you being part of this program because I've, I've already seen your growth in the past, I think it's been, what, six months. And where I want to get to to finish our conversation is what things are you looking forward to with the second time of 40 days and, and beyond, Chris? Yeah, so I, I'm really, with specific to the 40 days, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to connect with um, an individual, you know, I guess you could call it accountability partner um, on a, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think some of where I faltered with that was my, my schedule and being a little inconsistent mm-hmm. with my timing and having to, um, ha- you know, kind of having to focus on other things just going on in life kind of made a, and again, this is, it's an excuse, but it made it hard for me to give, um, to give my time to, to someone, to a, to a stranger. Yeah. Um, and so that was a challenge for me and I look forward to embracing that challenge this time around. Um, I, I look forward to the consistency of it. Um, the fact that it's a daily, uh, plan, uh, and a, and a, and a challenge daily to get up at the same time to, um, you know, zero toxic media, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go through the fast at the beginning and the end. Um, I really look forward to those, to those things, but I think ultimately it's nice to know a group of people already that are in it. I agree, but I look forward to getting to know the others. So there's a, there's a level of comfort and discomfort there that, um, is a nice balance this in this round for, for me. And I know other people that are coming up for the first time, they, they may not know anybody. So it's, it's, it's like I felt going through the first time, mm-hmm. but for, for me and I, and maybe for some of the other folks too, you know, at least knowing, you know, I know their name, I recognize their voice and their faces and, you know, and, and the personality styles. And, um, you know, I look forward to getting to know them even better. Yeah. I, I, I thrive during these days because I look forward to them because I know how powerful the community can be. And I love pouring in the people. And that's probably my favorite gift to give is just to keep yeah. giving to others. And Absolutely. Because I know it's almost like 
I'll try to put it the best way I can because I've never described it before. Give, being, I almost, it's almost like I have this vision for what someone can be mm. before they even know it. So I'll tell you a story. I had a girl who now is graduated and she came in as a freshman, a freshman just disheveled. You can just tell she was just experimenting every drug and just don't going down the wrong path, okay? So I looked at her and I'm like, There's, I've observed her just drawing and then she was doing makeup for Halloween and all this stuff. And she really, you saw like a joy in her. Oh, look at this makeup I did and you know, show me pictures. Of she worked at some haunted house, so I'm trying to put two and two together with her, and I'm like, you know what? You'd be a great cosmetologist. And I actually let her cut my hair in front of my whole baseball team. This is like five years ago, but I wanted her to believe in herself, right? Because she has gifts. We all have yep. gifts, and at the end of it, this is I can't make this up. A couple weeks ago, her mom texted me and said I'm so thankful that she had you in your her life because I don't know where she'd be without you wow now I mean that is powerful amen and I just want I just want to imitate Christ in the same way that I know that God gave us all these unique gifts and talents to use and and to show how great he is. I think people yeah. understand that by by using your gifts and talents you're honoring the father and by not using your gifts and talents you're I'm not saying you're not honoring him but you're you're really not moving forward in the direction that he wants you to. And that's the greatest tragedy of life I feel for people. Right. So for you Chris, I mean I look forward to seeing everybody and i don't know i'll be honest i don't know all your gifts and talents i know you're a, a great man of character uh, i know you're still a good athlete with your fitness and i know you have mm -hmm. fitness goals yeah. but i mean well, you're 40 and the things that you have still to do on this earth is it's going to be <laughs> mind-blowing yeah you just don't know it see that's the thing is like we have to be very intentional, and that's why this 40 days around is one way to give back to someone new, but also it's an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves and what God wants us to do in our life for his will. Definitely. And when those, yeah, and when those are married together, that's when the real fruits of our labor come to fruition. Yeah, and, and, if, and I, you know, I could only encourage your your listeners, anyone listening to this podcast that you, you've, you have to get connected with, with people outside of your, your, your tight circle mm -hmm. to be able to, to be able to grow. You know, it's, it's in the, it's in the uncomfortable moments where growth really happens. And if you don't seek that out, you're, you're, you get stuck in this, you get stuck in a cycle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to get outside of that cycle. That's what 40 days does. And, you know, I'd encourage as, as, as John keeps this going, just encourage anyone listening to see, seek it out, um, challenge yourself with, with things like this. And you're going to meet amazing people 
who can who can just they're they're going to help you grow. You're going to grow no matter what, and you're going to you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes, and you're going to you know miss a day doing doing this or that. But there's going to be someone there who's going to be able to help you bounce back and not wallow in well oh I you know poor me, but to say no you got this and and you can do this and 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 recognize that okay so if, so I I had a drink that day. It doesn't mean that I failed the program. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity to say, do I need that the next time? You know, um, you know, groups like if I could even give a shameless plug to the Mighty Warrior Council, guys like like you know Tim Douglas and and Jeff Forrester who've created this program for men. Um, it's you know, in in some ways, it's it's kind of just a a, a long form version of what. Of, of all the other things that we've talked about with regards to the 40 days, people mm-hmm. get together to sharpen each other and to challenge each other and, and hold each other accountable to the goals that, that they have in mind, you know, yeah. um, see, seek these things out. You know, it's, there's, there's going to be, um, you know, an opportunity in, in late January to, for any guys that want to come and, and check it out, um, follow them on Instagram. Um, Cause they make they have great posts that are super encouraging and, um, really have same heart as as John. Um, they're both in, great in men wanting to see people grow. So yeah, they're Tim and Tim and Jeff are just <clears throat> two of the best men you could uh, want to be around. Salt, salt of the earth, they are, and I'm fortunate that I know them both pretty well too. And they are two guys who I'd go to battle with any day. Right, and, well, they, and you know, yeah. Tim's podcast is all about facing the storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his mantra and, you know, and, and not in a cliche way. I mean, it, it is about having Jesus by your side in that storm, but, but the idea of, of facing it head on, knowing that as soon as it passes over me, it's bright light. It's, you know, the sun is shining on the other side of it, mm-hmm. you know, whereas if you run from it, it's going to keep following you. Yeah. No, it's so, so true. It's so true. Yeah. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time this morning. It was an honor to have you on, and I, I would love to. I love here. to. Oh, I appreciate it, Chris, and I'd love to have you on again later, just to talk about your experience once we go through the forty days again. That'd be great. I think just a recap of, uh, you know, what did you learn this time around, instead of, or you know, contrasting against what you did the first time. Definitely. And having that consistency of your in your life with your schedule for school and and to give your time to your accountability partner during this Definitely. process. So Chris, you got some homework to do this week. Absolutely. Think about all your B hags. <laughs> I'm I'm really I'm going on a nice long run tomorrow and I'm really gonna just carve out that time to think about what my mission in life really is. Growing yeah. you know, growing at the rate God wants me to do it, his will. And I think that's the challenge I'd have for you and everyone last night's call is think big. Don't just think small here. Think astronomical ways that God can use you for his will, exactly. you know? So, well, Chris, it was a pleasure to have you on. We'll have you on again here in the next, uh, it'd be in February. So I wish you the best of luck this week and looking forward to being around you in the next 40 days, man. Thank you, John. This has been great. Hey, love you, brother. Love you too, man. Class dismissed.